Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we listening to Hear the Spirit. It's in about no game day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spirit. Go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spirit. Presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. I'm sorry if I sound like Elmo because I'm very <laughs> sick, uh, but I'm getting better. A Florida State win last night helps. The energy's still here. I want to introduce introduce you guys to Dustin Lewis, our lead writer at NoelGameDay.com, and also our lead graphic designer, very nerdy uh, Fisher Atkins. What's up, guys? How's it going on this beautiful Sunday? Logan, your introduction to me is getting meaner and meaner. Uh, yeah. As, as we progress. Um, well, anyway. you haven't... You, you need to make some better graphics. That's all I need to say. Man, I'm trying, working hard. <laughs> <laughs> College no. kid. College uh, kid. For real, it's, it's good to be on the podcast. It is. It's rolling, so FSU fans are feeling good. Yeah, I'll go and give a quick lineup. Most of this podcast will be the big interview with Luke Laux. It was a great one. We just got done with him. He has a game tonight against the Pistons at 8.30. Uh, as you know, uh, he's staffed with the Warriors, so I was glad to have him on during his busy schedule. That interview is awesome. goes back to the day they won uh, their ACC championship. Also, his time now with the Warriors, how Leonard Hamilton is behind the scenes, and some of the most incredible moments he had during his days at Florida State. But as we know, Florida State uh, just got uh, a, a win last night. It was pretty entertaining. For the most part, it was nice to see Florida State's offense uh, play the way they did. And uh, Florida State, I know the last time we recorded, we previewed the Vermont game. So uh, we'll kind of hit these real quick and preview the Gonzaga game. But uh, Florida State defeated Vermont 76 to 69 on Thursday. And then that last night at 6-10 was tip-off. They defeated Murray State, or should I just say John Morant? Uh, they defeated John Morant, the number 12 seed, 90-62. Uh, uh, you want to give... Much. Yeah, yeah. Anybody want to give their quick uh, thoughts on those two games and definitely from last night? Well, I just want to touch on that Vermont game because the catamounts were ridiculous from three-point range. I mean... They hit 16 out of 32 three-pointers. It was the third most ever by a team that lost in the in, in the NCAA tournament, excuse me. So, I mean, that was a crazy first-round game for Florida State to open things off. And, I mean, it was, it was really ugly. But the Seminoles did score 49 points in the second half after just 27 in the first. And it really seemed like that offensive firepower carried over to this game against Murray State. 
where they put up 50 in the first half and then 40 in the second half while they were putting John Moran away. But, I mean, I would call this a successful opening weekend to the tournament for Florida State, and now they're going to get a rematch with Gonzaga out in California. So it's going to be an exciting week. Yeah, I'm with Dustin. Um, Florida State um, squeaked squeaked past Vermont, kind of pulled it out there at the end, um, and then just ran over um, uh, Murray State. Um, I mean, Murray State looked like they might have might make it interesting, or, or should I say, kind of like Dustin said, John Morant. Yeah. Uh, sort of started off hot there in the beginning. Looked like it could be an interesting game. Uh, they jumped out to an early lead there, but then. Um, once Florida State's depth got going and once the game sort of progressed, Florida State uh, ran with it and never looked back. Um, so looking forward to an exciting matchup with uh, Gonzaga. You know, yeah, it really seemed like this matchup could could have been a problem for Florida State because Murray State came out and absolutely whipped Marquette in the first round. And, you know, most of the college basketball analysts actually picked them to, to win this game or calling them the upset candidate of the year. And now Florida State comes in and, and knocks off a fan favorite. So, you know, what do you have to say about that, ESPN? Can't say John Morant anymore. <laughs> it, it still feels like ESPN is not – I mean, even the country is not giving FSU the respect it deserves. No, not at the moment. You don't hear – I mean, I look at whenever there's a post about John Morant, and then I believe on ESPN Bleacher Report, people are like, uh, do you want to talk about the team that almost beat them by 30 points? It's just not well, – I remember – Morant had a had like a drive and a layup to cut the deficit uh, to like 23, 20. 23. And there was like four, I think there was like 20. four minutes or so left in the game. <laughs> and, the, and the announcers were just like freaking out, like John Morant potentially leading a comeback bid. And I'm like sitting here like, dude, it's 23 with four minutes left. And this dude is eight of 21. Like he's not like... Florida State shut shut him. I don't want to say shut him down because he he finished with twenty eight points, five of six from three point range. But yeah. they significantly limited 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 him, and they only held him. They held him to four assists. He was the top assist, pat. I don't know top passer in the country, ten assists per game. He had sixteen in the first round, and then against Florida State, he winds up with just four because it really seemed like in, instead of double teaming him, which a lot of teams try to do double team him so that he, you know, he can't get inside and, and score easy buckets. Florida state played one defender on him. They switched everything and they guarded the players around him and didn't let him make plays. He just, he had to force up shots. And that speaks to the, just the athleticism that Florida state possesses is that they're not worried about doubling him. They don't feel like they have to because they are confident enough in their guys like Terrence Mann, Kevin Gelly, uh, mm-hmm. MJ Walker, and those guys to, to, you know, play well. And it's worth noting that they were again out uh, with Phil Kofer and also David Nichols too. Uh, so it's it's pretty interesting to see how, how Florida State is able to have that confidence moving forward. And, and I, I think it also shows how some of the depth, like even Polite was in from a good amount of the game and what he threw down two back-to-back threes, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Polite. Go ahead, sorry. No, you got it. Anthony Polite played 14 minutes. He finished three out of four, two out of two from three-point range. Wyatt Wilkes played 10 minutes as well. So, you know, two of the guys that are kind of closer to the end of the bench in the rotation both saw, you know, substantial playing time. And I 
I thought they each provided, you know, contributions. Wyatt played well on defense and then Polite was more offensively, but he also had some time guarding Morant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's worth noting too a guy like Raekwon Gray who's coming on as well and really contributing to this team. Yeah, getting some of the starting time is is good for him to get some experience uh, and get kind of definitely if you're on a big stage like this on national TV and you're in the NCAA tournament and you started two games so far uh, like this and you know whenever whenever you check in and whenever your time is back you know being able to sub in <coughs> if Kofor is able to come back then. Uh, you're able to see, you know, some progress, and you get some of that, you know, nervousness and those goosebumps out of the way. You're ready to play immediately. Uh, I, so, got a, I got a quick question for Dustin. Um, Dustin, do you expect Kofer to be back for the Sweet 16 as long as, as well as Nichols? I'm gonna be honest. I have I have no idea on Kofer. I mean, he's he's dealing with a lot. Obviously, the the loss of his father, coupled with that recurring foot injury, has made it a, a really tough year for him. So, right. You know, I, Florida State hasn't released a ton on on his status. I know he's been in a a boot when he's been spotted at at practices and each of the last two games. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really unknown there. I think I think that ACC tournament, the the three games in three days might have made that injury act up a little bit. So maybe another, you know, he had this weekend off and then maybe another couple of days off will will do him well. But if he doesn't come back for the Sweet 16, you know, I've got to, I've got to think he'll be there for the Elite Eight. Right. You know, I don't think, I don't think he's going to let his career at Florida State in with him on the sideline. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. As for, as for Nichols, I think, with the way Florida State handled Murray State, they didn't really have to to put Nichols out there. He kind of he kind of was able to to rest this game, so I do think we'll see him on yeah. Thursday against Gonzaga. Yeah. Too. So Florida State is going to face <clears throat> num- <clears throat> there it goes. I'm I'm gonna die here on the podcast. <clears throat> They're gonna face the number one seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, on Thursday in California. And the Sweet 16, it's going to be the number four seed versus number one seed. Who wants to give a score prediction? Who's going to be the impact player, though, Dustin, first to get that win? I mean, yeah, this is a really interesting matchup. I mean, you know, as as Luke noted, like we'll get into later on the podcast, um, Florida State has the chance to play Gonzaga and then potentially Michigan again in the same region and in the same exact round as, as they did last year. So those are some really interesting matchups. I know revenge is going to be on Gonzaga's mind on Thursday. And if Florida state advances and Michigan advances, revenge is going to be on the Seminoles mind on Saturday. So it could end up being a very exciting weekend when it comes to Florida state basketball. But, you know, when, when I look at this game, I think Florida state, they already have the confidence to beat Gonzaga. They played, a very tough schedule this season. They played all three of the other number one seeds. They beat Duke. Or no, I'm sorry. They beat Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Out of that group, they lost to Duke twice, and they lost to North Carolina once. But I thought every every game they played against a one seed was fairly competitive. I mean, would you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I do. I think the confidence is a big boost. Big boost yeah. there and depth, uh, which I know you'll note on, is, is going to be a big factor for Florida State to take advantage of them. Uh, and, and going into any game after defeating them, I mean, of course, Gonzaga is going to have experience now. They're going to 
look back at their film and see what they did wrong last year, uh, and they're going to try to take advantage of some of the woes that Florida State might be having now. But the way that Florida State's offense looked yesterday was pretty impressive uh, to me. We know that's Murray State and not Gonzaga, but still, uh, if Florida State plays, you know, that family tight. Uh, kind of bind that uh, they can and have the potential to, like we saw yesterday, then uh, I, th- I think Florida State can take advantage and, and win this game. Yeah, I mean, when that outside shot is falling, it just makes Florida State a completely different team. I mean, there's times when they're on offense and no one's taking a three, and then there's times like yesterday when everyone's making them. So that's just kind of the Jekyll and Hyde you get with Florida State basketball. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Fisher, do you want to give your score prediction first? Yeah, I can go ahead and give mine. Um, So as we know, Florida State um, smacked Gonzaga last year, winning pretty convincingly. Um, I don't see that being the case this year. Um, You know, we know that Florida State has confidence against Gonzaga, but you have to imagine Gonzaga has revenge on their minds uh, coming into this game um, as Florida State sort of um, stomped on their hopes last year. So I'm going to roll with the Knowles. Um, you know, I have to, but I- I'm projecting a little bit of a closer game. Um, so I have the Knowles uh, upsetting Gonzaga 78-73. to 73. Mm, Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think this is really much of an wait, upset. Wait, uh, Fisher, who's oh. leading scorer for Florida State during that game? Leading scorer for Florida State? Yes. I mean... I got to go with the guy that's leading this team in scoring, coming off the bench, um, playing significant. I mean, less minutes than 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 some other guys. Um, mm-hmm. Mifiandu Cabangeli. Okay. And yeah, I'm not going to call this much of an upset because I think Florida State is is better than Gonzaga. I mean, they showed it last year. Both teams have a lot of the same pieces coming back this year. I think Gonzaga has definitely a, a shorter rotation than Florida State and you know the game's definitely going to be competitive in the first half but as time goes on and Florida State continues to just swap out you know five players at a time Leonard Hamilton does those hockey swaps um I think Gonzaga is going to get worn out I am kind of worried because Killy Tilly you know he just he just got back a couple games ago for Gonzaga and he's a really big piece for them he's coming off the bench right now and they also have a guy, Brandon Clark, who put up 36 points and five blocks yesterday and their win over Baylor to advance to the Sweet 16. So, I mean, this Gonzaga team's definitely no joke. They have they have four double-digit scores. There's a lot of experience. But they're just – in the end, it's going to come down to the depth. And I think Florida State's going to pull this game out 83-75. to 75. I got my leading – my leading score – Maybe someone you wouldn't expect. I think it's going to be Devin Vassell off the bench. I think one of those guards off the bench is going to light on fire against Gonzaga when they start getting tired. Man. Bold. Bold. I like it. I like it. I don't know where the TV, which channel it is going to be on. I don't think that's been announced yet. I'm sure we'll hear after the rest of these Sunday games go through, and we'll probably get a a time and a TV channel, but as always, we'll keep you updated on, we'll get me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook for those. But now we'll go and lead to the big interview with Luke Laux. Uh, as always, thank you for listening, as always, uh, and hope you enjoy the podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, we're everywhere. 
uh, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the interview. Who is likely to try either one? They give it up to Kelly, now to Curry. Well, you knew he was going to get it. He breaks it down. We'll leave it up to Rivers down the lane. Got it. 4.9 seconds left. What a clutch drive. Louch. Snare. Oh. Got it. Oh. Oh. He made man. it. Snare hits the three. Now they'll go to the. They'll go to the replay to check this, but it looked like he got it off in time. And Mike Shashevsky already congratulating Leonard Hamilton. What a clutch shot by Snare. Not only that, give Luke Lauch all the credit. Look at his patience. Delivers it on time. Ball leaves his hands with three-tenths of a second. Bottoms, baby. All right, guys, we are here for a big interview. We are here with 2012 ACC champion Luke Louts. How you doing, man? Good afternoon. Good, good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. We're doing good, man. We're definitely looking forward to this. This is actually our first basketball special guest on the podcast, so I'm, we're excited. We're definitely excited to talk some ball with you. Uh, so uh, my first question is, you know about the game last night. We talked about it through Instagram a little bit before it, but we talked about how Morant was going to be a problem, uh, and it looked like Florida State took care of him. What, what was like the main key you thought that Florida State uh, did a good jo- job at it, making sure to take this team away quick? Yeah, I think you know. I think Coach Hamilton he he has he's he's so good on the defensive end, and their whole staff is really, but. Um, you know, just from scouting that game, it was, it was funny. Our, our staff with, uh, with Golden State, we were watching the Murray State game against Marquette, and it, it, looked, like, it looked like what Wojciechowski was trying to do is, is, is trap Morant, and he was picking him apart. The, the guy is such a good passer. Um, I think he had 15 or 16 assists that game. So from my perspective, what our staff saw was, well, you know, we'll, we can let this kid score a little bit, but we have to take everyone else out of the game, um, which I thought they did a really good job of. I don't, I think Wood Morant finished with 28, 30, something like that. Um, but I thought that was that was a perfect game plan. Just just let the kid score and take away one of his best strengths, with it, which is his passing. Um, and I thought we did a really good job, you know, off the ball, taking away their shooting, uh, making sure we were boxing out. And uh, I talked with a couple of the coaches before the game. Um, one of their big keys, I think, was just taking away Murray State's transition game. Um, and I thought they did a really good job at that. So, you know, it was a good game, man. I'd, you can never complain about a win, and, and especially what, what they went by 28 or 30. So that was, a, that was a fun game to watch. It was. They took advantage. Or they, t- they took care of them afterwards, man. It was, it was pretty fun to watch. They, it was very entertaining. Yeah, and offensively, that was the fastest I've seen them move this whole year they're they're having a good yeah time. they they uh they've had their struggles offensively but that was i mean they were they were picking those guys apart um they were getting into the paint and uh creating easy opportunities which um anytime you can do that in the ncaa tournament um just create easy shots um you know whether they're from the perimeter or dunks we, I, I felt like we had quite a few dunks um but just easy shots easy open looks which is really tough to do at this time because you know, defenses. I mean, you guys were watching the game. The, the defense is so dialed in. All these teams are so scouted. 
um, that it's really tough to get easy looks. And, and I thought Florida State did a really good job. Um, so. And, yeah, speaking on your point, uh, Morant had just four assists after 16 against Marquette. So Florida State's defense definitely did a good job shutting the other guys down that were around him. I think the size yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was a brilliant move, man. If 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 you can, I I want to say he led. If he didn't lead, he was top five in the nation in assists. Um, which which I think, you know, if if you take away someone who's that important to a team, one of their major strengths. Um, I don't think you can stop the kid. I mean, he's he's clearly, um, one of the best players in the nation, and will be you know a top three, top four pick. Um, it, it's kind of the same thing with Zion, right? Um. You know, if you just take away the guy's offensive rebounds, he's going to score. He's going to score 25 to 30. But if you just limit his offensive rebounds, it, it's going to help you. Um, so I think they I think they did a really good job, you know, with, with Morant. Um, he still, still got his points, but, you know, just taking away half of what he's good at um, really helped us. Yeah. And, Luke, kind of moving into what you're currently doing, how did you originally get connected with the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, just kind of dumb luck, man. I was uh, I was playing overseas. Um, I played I played for four years over over in Europe. Kind of bounced around. Uh, played a little bit in the NBA NBA's minor league and the G League uh, for like a half a season. Uh, but I, I kind of always knew I wanted to get into coaching. Uh, I was I was you know you, you guys have seen me play. I was a slow, unathletic point guard, which which isn't a good. Never, I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing professionally and, and had a good time. And uh, my wife and I kind of traveled around and really enjoyed it. But it, it, you know, I, I never expected to really play for more than a couple of years and wanted to get into coaching. So, I started reaching out to a couple of guys I knew, um, you know, in college and in the NBA and front offices, just you know, different teams and asking you know what the process was. To, try to get a few interviews in the off season um, and just started, started shooting emails out to people, calling people. And I met up with a couple of teams out at um, the NBA summer league out in Vegas and just ra- randomly happened to run into a guy that works for golden state and sat down and chatted with them, kind of told them my intentions, trying to get my foot in the door. Um, mm-hmm. And they had an internship that was, that had just opened. So it was kind of dumb luck that I was talking to this guy and they just had a, little intern spot open um and i was kind of willing to take anything just to get my foot in the door so i took that um talked with a couple other teams but obviously you know golden state it, <laughs> you yeah. can't you can't really turn it down um yeah. so I took that and then from there that kind of developed into a full-time role you know helping out with the coaching staff and and um coach kerr you know, I was, I was fortunate enough. He, he kind of created a position for me, um, doing like skill development work on the court and helping their guys. And then when, when we send guys down to the minor leagues, I'm kind of the coach on staff that travels with them. So they have, you know, consistency on the court and, uh, kind of a coach traveling with them. So that's what I'm doing right now. Just all skill development and, and tons of traveling, but man, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of the staff and learn from those guys and obviously try to try to win a championship every year. So. So Luke, obviously, like Dustin said, you're currently with the Golden State Warriors, as you've as you've uh, told us. Um, so I believe your official title is uh, two way player development coach. Would you mind just kind of describing what your role is with the Warriors? Yeah. So um, the, the the NBA created these like two way positions, um, which are which are basically for the players that you can have 
two guys on every roster that kind of transitions between the NBA teams and the minor league teams. So it gives, it gives NBA teams kind of a chance to, uh, to look at some of these kids that are fringe NBA guys um, and see, you know, play them in some NBA games, but also develop and develop them in the minor leagues. So um, when they created these contracts and, and that's kind of where coach Kerr and our front office um, came in and thought it would be a good role for me to help develop these guys um, mm-hmm. and, and try to make them NBA players. So last year, um, my two players were Chris Boucher out of Oregon and then Quinn Cook, which was actually at Duke when I was at Florida State. Um, I think he was a freshman when I was a senior. So those were two of my guys. And now Quinn plays for you know Golden State full-time and, and Chris Boucher plays for the Toronto Raptors full-time this year. Um, so then again, this year, our, our two two-way guys, uh, we have Marcus Derrickson, uh, out of Georgetown, which uh, which he's doing a pretty good job, and then Damian Lee out of Louisville. Um, so that's my main responsibility, just to you know train those guys every day and and teach them the playbook and and make sure they're ready to to suit up for NBA games. And then aside from that, I basically just help the coaching staff, you know, with whatever they need, whether it's film breakdown or you know, helping with workouts. Um, I get thrown in a lot of, a, a lot of drills and practice. Um, a couple of the former players, we, I think we have two former NBA players and then myself that kind of get thrown in for dummy defense and scrimmaging against the young guys. So, um, you know, it's, it's still fun. Cause you still get to play and, and work out every day with these guys. Um, but, but a lot of it, you know, is just skill development and coaching on the floor. So what's a typical day like you or a day look like for you? Yeah, day it 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 changes a lot. Um but but I mean every day I'm I'm probably on the court for anywhere from, you know, 3 to 3 to 5 hours. Um most practices will get there 2 hours before with with a lot of the young guys that need extra work. Um so we're on the court doing drills with those guys all the way up until practice and you, you know, depending on what day it is and, 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 you know, if we have a game or not practice can, can range anywhere from, you know, 45 minutes to a couple hours. Um, usually at this point in the season, we're not practicing too much. Uh, it's, it's mostly just scouting and, and going over opponents. Um, and then after practice, same thing, if guys need extra work, if they need a scrimmage, um, if they're on an injury rehab, you know, just kind of whatever the situation calls for, uh, we're out on the court. And then off the court, um, just kind of helping out with, with whatever's needed. We have a pretty pretty good staff, a lot of veteran guys. Mike Brown has been a head coach in the NBA. Um, obviously, Steve Steve Kerr. And then, you know, Ron Adams has been a coach for like 45 years. Yeah. One of the most veteran assistants. Yeah, he's, I mean, the most unbelievable guy, man. He, he's really taken me under his wing and, and you know, kind of taught me the ins and outs of coaching. Um, so just helping those guys out with whatever they need, whether it's, you know, scouting film, um, you know, whatever they need. So stay pretty busy. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, I, I get to be on the court quite a bit, uh, which is fun and, you know, where I feel like I'm, I'm most valued. So Awesome. Sounds like, you know, you have a really incredible position there and it, it sounds like you're really enjoying it. Um, and so the next question you've kind of touched on a little bit, but, I mean, what's it like to walk into work um, every day and be around some of the best basketball players <laughs> in the world and some guys who could be considered the greatest at their positions when it's all said and done, like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green? I mean, that's that's got to yep. be 
wild. Um, no, it's it's incredible. <laughs> That's silly. a good question, man. It's 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 incredible. <laughs> um, I, I I think sometimes I lose sight just because you're you know you're grinding through this NBA season. You got a couple games every week, and um, you you lose sight of how fortunate of a position I'm in. Um, just just because you do it every day. And sometimes you just sit back and whether it's Steph doing a shooting drill or Clay doing a shooting drill or watching, you know, KD um, go through a work or, or playing like one-on-one against KD, you're, you forget how good these guys are at their craft. Um, so, I mean, it, like from, from my perspective as a coach, I, I feel like I'm so spoiled um, because it's, it's never, it, w- it will never get better than, than what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no matter where I go, whether it's, you know, through the NBA to a different team, stay with this team, back to call it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Right. Like this is going to be the pinnacle of of the talent. You know, I'll, I'll never have another team to work with that has a talent this team has. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun, but at the same time, I, I feel like I'm being. <laughs> I feel like I'm being set up, man. I'm. I'm, I'm going to be smacked with reality <laughs> one day. Because <laughs> be coaching for a team that's fighting to, to be 500 and. You know, all the players are are, are bad, but mm-hmm. I think that's that's the fun part about coaching is, is you get to work with some of the best, and then you get to work with guys that really need to develop. Um, so, I, yeah, but 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 to your question, I I think you know sometimes you got to pinch yourself a little bit when you know Steph Curry's making seventy eight threes in a row, and you're looking around like, are, are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? Like, it's nuts. Um, so it's fun, man. It's it's a fun job. It's it's fun to get out there and scrap with those guys a little bit on the court, um, and, and and aside from their talent, man, all these dudes are great dudes. You know they yeah. they come to work, they they work hard, uh, but they're all laid back. They all want to have fun. Um, you know, off the court, they all have a good sense of humor. They're they're serious about their job, but you know they they like to have fun in life, which which makes our uh, our day to day pretty easy. All right? Have you not called out Steph in a one one on one yet? <laughs> <laughs> no man i'm not stupid enough to do that i, I actually have i have me, me and a we have one other coach uh willie green who mm-hmm. played i think 11 or 12 years in the nba he played for orlando actually a little bit for a year or two um usually when these guys get banged up you know knock on wood hopefully it doesn't happen this year but in in the past couple of years we've, we've always had one guy that has somewhat of a, of a, you know, minor that not a serious injury, but they're out for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And as they build their way back, they always pull, you know, myself or Willie or one of the other coaches to kind of get, you know, some game like reps before they hop into full speed with practice. Yeah. So it, it it's, it's funny cause these guys are coming off injuries. So they're supposed to be, you know, a step slow and they're just, they're, they're killing us. Like they're killing us. <laughs> and it really puts it in perspective. Like you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be fine. And then KD shooting over you like you're you're a cone, you know. Um, and Steph's, Steph's doing his step back, and you're you're seven feet away from him in an instant. And you have no idea what happened. So so you definitely get a feel for like what what NBA defenses feel like guarding these guys. I mean, it's it's insane. Ugh, torture. So was Demarcus Cousins uh, posting you up when he was coming back from his Achilles injury? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Man. He was. I, I had to, I had the joy of trying to guard a 280-pound dude, um, <laughs> you know, day in and day out as he was coming back. But I reminded so so kind of funny story. We we um, you know Demarcus grew up in in Mobile in Alabama, and I think when he was like 15 or 16, he's a couple couple years younger than maybe maybe one or two years younger than me. 
Um, mm-hmm. We played his AU team down in Orlando, and it was like it was one of my best games. I mean, I had like thirty five, literally killed his team. He he had like forty five on us, but we beat him by like thirty. Oh. And so, still to this day, I was like, Demarcus, the only time I played you, I got a thirty ball, and <laughs> and we killed you guys. So like, you have no room to talk to me. So he, then then he took then he took me out with an elbow, and I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Luke, you've learned from some amazing coaches during your career. I mean, Leonard Hamilton, Stan Jones, to Steve Kerr, Ron Adams, like you said. um, If you had to choose, who has made the biggest impact on your life throughout your journey in basketball? Yeah, that's that's tough, man. I I have been been fortunate, especially with how young I am, to be around a lot of good basketball minds. Um, I, I think obviously in, in college, you're, you're not only developing your, your basketball IQ, but also, you know, kind of becoming a man and, and learning how to live your life. So I think, you know, coach Han was always really good at, uh, you know, coach Han and his whole staff, like you mentioned, coach Jones, um, you know, Dennis Gates was there with me and, and CY mm-hmm. actually recruited me when he was at Georgia tech. So I knew him a little bit. Um, all the, all these guys are so good. At, at not only you know teaching you the game but you know teaching you what life's about and, and and you know how to be a good husband how to be a good dad um how to be a good dude in the community and, and and you know look out for other people so i think you know just from that perspective coach ham probably had the biggest influence so far but in, in terms of my you know basketball growth the, the the nba is just a different animal um you know how much goes into it it's, it's a completely different game than college and um, so in terms of my basketball growth and knowledge, I've, I've probably learned more in the past three years than, than I ever could have imagined. I thought I knew the game pretty well, but I mean, it's like a crash course to basketball, how much knowledge and preparation goes on, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Um, but I mean, coach, coach Hammond, and I think you guys see it cause you follow it, but, um, if you talk to any of his former players, he, he makes a pretty big impact, you know, not only just on the court, but just how to carry yourself in life. Um, and I think that's, you know, probably more important than how to run a two, three zone, um, you know, <laughs> how to, how to leave the game and actually live your life like a decent yeah. human. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd I'd probably say, you know, him, he, he, uh, you know, he makes a big impact on all these guys' lives. Luke, back in 2012, you made, uh, one of the most iconic assist passes uh, against uh, a pretty highly rated Duke team, so I'm gonna play a soundbite from that game and then and then uh, get your reaction real quick. All right, sounds good. Rivers attacks the basket, drive shot, challenge, and Scotty good. 4.9 seconds, we're tied at 73. Down the court, Luke Louts. Luke Louts with two seconds. Jumps the ball. Jared shots there. Good shot. Knowles win. Knowles win. Michael Stairs triple with no time left. Florida State beats Duke 76 to 73. The little team that could just did. Luke, that's a that's a play that I'm sure you have not forgotten, and I know that Seminole fans have also not forgotten no. uh, when Florida State rolled into uh, Duke and upset them seventy six to seventy three. Um, so take us through that play. Um, take us through that feeling uh, when that shot went in and, and the buzzer went off. Yeah, man, that's goosebumps. <laughs> that was a good clip, man. Gene Gene does <laughs> such a good job with those games, man. The like, goat. Like goosebumps. Dean does a great job. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we we played 
we call a timeout just before that. Um, and we, we basically said, you know, obviously if, if we got to stop, we were going to be, we were going to have the lead and they were going to have to foul. But if, if they scored, you know, the, the plan was to just get the ball in bounds and drive down the court as fast as you can. Um, I initially thought, I think, I think BJ set me a screen. It was either BJ or Ocaro set me a screen in the backcourt. I think it was BJ. And I got to about half court and I was thinking like, oh shoot, I'm, I'm going to have to shoot this. And then I looked over, kind of glanced out of the corner of my eye, and I saw Mike just standing there wide open. I was like, well, shoot, I'm a pretty poor shooter, so let me get this ball up and see if if this guy can make a shot. And and lucky enough for me, he did. Um, It was funny. We played the the Houston Rockets um, last week or the week before, and Austin Rivers plays for them, and obviously Quinn plays, plays for us. And so both those guys were on that Duke team. Um, Austin actually made the layup to, to tie it right before that. And we were, we were, we actually got chatting about that play and Austin's like, you, you have no idea how much that wrecked us, man. Like we had you guys beat, we had you guys beat and you come down and make that shot. And, and I, I mean, I, I, I what, what, what can I say? Like, yes, I know. <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. That was a good play, man. I, I mean, that, it, it wasn't that good of a play. It was a simple pass. Mike just made a big shot. You know? mm-hmm. what, what, what is Leonard Hamilton like in the locker room after those kind of wins? Because, you know, we see him on the on the court, and he's got that straight face. It looks like he's ticked off, ready to rip someone's head off, you know? <laughs> but, like, what does he look like inside of the locker room when something like that happens? Man, he, he – uh... It, what people don't know, and and it, no one will ever know unless you're really in the locker room. But Coach Ham's a—he's hilarious, man. He's a comedian. Um, he he always looks like like someone beat up his dog on the sidelines. But that guy is that guy is that guy is really funny. He is really funny. Um, so he'll come in. But I, I will say this about Coach Hamilton, uh, especially when it's tournament time or close to it. Um, he he never lets his teams get you know, too high or too low, whether it's a win or a loss. So, um, but I think, I think he came in in that Duke locker room and, and had some fun with us and we were jumping up and down for a little bit. Um, so he, he, he's, he's a, he's a fun dude to be around, especially when you're winning. So uh, speaking of winning in 2012, uh, y'all won a pretty big uh, championship there. Y'all won the ACC championship for the first time. That's the first and only one right now that Florida State holds. They almost got it against Duke uh last yep. week but uh and you also had a pretty decent shot too against duke in the semifinal in 2012 but just take us through going uh, and getting that that ring and that trophy for florida state and being the first team to do it and right now still the only one to do it yeah, no, that, was, that was a fun year um that was a really fun year we, we got off to a pretty rough start i think we lost we lost to like harvard and the bahamas we, we lost to princeton and, and double overtime like we're probably the only team in the ACC to ever lose the two Ivy League teams in one year. Um, I think we we lost to UConn off a couple of free throws, um, and then we we started off the ACC play pretty rough. I think we were like 500 through five or six games, um, and then we just got rolling. And and as you guys see this year, I think going in to March and into your conference tournament, and especially into the NCAA tournament, it, it's basically just who's hot. And, and you know, for for whatever reason, I think we had a you know we had we had a lot of 
senior leadership and, and a lot of guys that just enjoyed playing together and didn't really care who was scoring, who was passing. We just kind of got it done. Um, which I think, I think is really similar to this team. Um, they got a couple of studs, but for the most part, they got a lot of role players that just step up at the right time. Um, and that's kind of how my career went. I was never really that good. I just kind of knew my role and, and tried to do the best I could with, with the guys around me. Um, and we had a couple of guys on that team that were absolute studs with, you know, Mike Snare out of huge year. Um, Bernard James playing really, really well um, through the ACC tournament. Um, then you had a lot of role players like myself, Dalkies, you know, Carl White was younger, uh, Xavier Gibson, all these guys that would, would get you, you know, whatever, six to 10 points, but, you know, would lock up on defense, would grab the rebounds, would take charges. Um, and I think that's what kind of helped us through that whole run. And, and I think it's, it's kind of a parallel to, to what we're watching right now and, and how well these guys are playing. Everyone, you know, guys, you know, three through nine are all just stepping on the court and doing their role every day. Um, and those are, those are the toughest teams to beat at this time of the year. So. And yeah, I just want to ask you about one of the craziest basketball games I've ever seen. I mean, you guys were, were 10 and six coming into a home game against number three, <laughs> North Carolina. And then you wiped the floor of them. Well, let me say Dolkies wiped the floor of them and you guys ended yeah. up winning 90 to 57 and one of the most insane blowouts I've ever witnessed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I did not expect that that day. It was it was a great day to be watching Florida State basketball. So can can you just kind of talk about that moment? Yeah, that was fun, man. I I don't know what uh you know what Carolina was ranked. They were, I think they were top number three. They were three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were three. So I think going it going into that game, um, it was college game day too. I remember that yeah. and. You know, it, it was all, it was almost. I, I forget which announcer it was um, on college game day, but yeah, yeah, it was Vitel. But I'm, right, I'm, I'm talking about pregame, like, oh. like like pre pregame. It was one. I forget which guy it was, but but he was like basically we got no chance. Like Florida State's going to get ran out of the building. They have no chance. And we were, watching, I mean, we were watching it. <laughs> yeah, pro- pro- yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> I don't know which one it was. I, I it, it doesn't matter. But we were watching in the locker room, and we're, like, looking at each other, like, dude, screw this guy, man. Like, let's just go out and have fun. Like, what's the worst that, that happens? We get blown out. That's what everyone already expects. <clears throat> but we, we went into that game with just this mindset of, like, dude, we're struggling. We're 10-6. You know, we had pretty pretty high expectations going into the year. Like, let's just go out there and have fun and see what happens. And and sure enough, uh, Dulkies just catches fire. I don't know. Like, just catches fire. Like, he couldn't miss. It was incredible. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many he had first half, but there was a point where he hit, like, three or four threes in a row. And we're all looking around the court, like, dude, what is happening right now? <laughs> and Dulkies just has this huge grin on his face. And then BJ's laughing. Ocaro's laughing. Coach Ham like cracked a smile on the sidelines. Right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. We no, we got this now. Um, the funniest part about that game that I remember is, well, two two things. One, before the game, I told Davidis, I was like, if if we beat Carolina, obviously the floor is going to be rushed, but you have to go over to Vitel and rub his bald head, which he did. Which <laughs> yeah, he did. that is. And I remember that. The second part. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> this, but they actually. They left the floor before the game ended, yeah, which yeah. I've still never seen to that day and never seen since. They left the walk-ons. We're, we're looking there. at it. Yeah, they left all the walk-ons <laughs> to get like smothered by our fans. 
Oh, and we're right. looking at each other. Their whole team was like walking by or it's going to the locker room. And when that happened, we just went nuts. We're like, man, we just blew this team out to the point where they left before the game was over. Yeah, yeah it was bad, man. That was a fun night. That was a really fun night. You got man, I, I should come off this come on this podcast more often. You guys are making me feel good. <laughs> Just come on as a full time host. We love it. <laughs> for basketball season. Full time co host. Once a week, full time yep. co host. Let's yep. do it. That's Sounds funny. Good. Um, Luke, you've touched on a little bit about what makes this year's FSU team special um and sort of why, you know, they've they've played as well as they have. Um and as you know, this this FSU team um, technically maybe one of the greatest of all time um, as they broke uh, FSU's single season uh, record for, for most wins in, in a season. Um, what do you think? You, you mentioned that in your bracket you have Florida State going all the way, naturally, of course. Um, so what do you think makes this team capable of a Final Four run? Because, you know, they don't, have a, they don't have a Zion. They don't really have, like, a lottery pick yeah. um, on this team. So what makes them capable – of taking down those teams that do have like those stars. Um. Yep, yep. I, I think um, you know, like I touched on, I think I think they're 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 playing pretty well at a you know at a pretty pretty high pace right now, um, especially on the defensive end. And and um, you know they're they're so deep. They they have a couple of stars in my mind with with Kevin Gelly and um, Terrence Mann and. Um, Similar to our team, they have a couple guys that have been around and, and kind of know what Coach Hamilton and Coach Jones and those guys want um, and, and what they expect. Um, and, and everyone else has kind of fallen in line. They have, they have so many good role players that, I mean, you guys saw in the ACC tournament, I mean, these guys are coming out of nowhere and stepping up in huge moments. Um, you know, the freshman, I, I forget how to say his name, but is it Vassell or Vasselli? Vassell. Uh, you know, yeah, Vassell, yeah, he he had that shot. That kid's going to be really good, man. That kid's going to be really good. Um, he had a huge block last game. I, I think with, with all these kids, they, they come in. Um, the, the gray kid, the big, big freshman, he, he's, yeah. he's really talented. Um, they, they just have so many pieces that can come in that, you know, can, can, can contribute. And in the tournament, you know, you, you have to have some stars and you have to have guys that can put the ball in the bucket. And I think we have a couple of them. But but most importantly, you have to have a team that's deep and that knows their role, um, especially on the defensive end. And I think you know Coach Ham has done a great job putting this team together of a bunch of guys who are talented, but they kind of have, have bought into whatever role um, that they have. And and I think that you know this time of the year, it, it, even if you look at last year's Final Four, I don't think the 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 final four teams weren't the most talented they they were number one who was hot and number two who played really well together um like there's no reason Loyola Chicago should have been in the final four but they got hot and all those guys kind of bought into their role um so I think I I really do I think Florida State has a has a really good shot of of getting to the final four I don't want to jump too far ahead but and, and let me ask you guys have you guys ever seen a team in the tournament play the same team two years in a row if we beat gonzaga we'll most likely I, i'm guessing michigan's going to beat <laughs> yeah. texas tech we would play gonzaga in the sweet 16 in la again and then michigan to get to the final four i've never seen that i was asking my wife last night i've, I've never seen that that it lines up not only the same region the same round but in the same area too like i know we play at staples and we're in anaheim but that's that's nuts to me i've never i've never seen that it's definitely wild 
it is. It's just weird. I'm gonna but try to get down there. It's a it's a quick quick flight. I I think we'll probably have practice that day. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get down there and see the game if I can. That would be great. Um, I'm I'm pretty pumped though. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Who are some of your favorite players to watch on the on the current roster? I know Terrence Mann recently broke your record of most games ever appeared in by a Florida State basketball player. He's up to he's up to 139. You ended your career at 136, but I mean, still, it, yeah. it lasted seven years after after you were gone. So that's pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, I think it. You know, I, I was just lucky to never really get hurt, and I think you know Terrence is the same way. He's obviously a, a much better player than I was, but um, you know, just fortunate <laughs> to never really pick up any any injuries. And I think he just I think he just broke within these basketball games, I think he just broke my record for most wins of all time too. Um, which what, what a good guy to, to break that out. I said, I, man, I, I love Terrence. He does all the little things and, and he's playing at a really, really high level right now. Um, the, the, the Kevin Gelly kid is, is it, I, I love watching him play, man. He plays with so much passion. Isn't and, he fun and to watch? And, he's, and, uh, so much fun, so much fun. You, you always want a teammate like that that is just through the roof energy wise almost to a point where, where you know he'll he'll make some mistakes because he's so excited to be out there <laughs> um you know those, those two guys I've, i have a pretty good story about um about kevin gelly but yeah i was coming back i was coming back from i want to say it was germany it was one of my last years playing either germany or belgium i was coming back and i was kind of doing a little rehab but playing with the florida state guys um, you know, just in the off season and Cat Miguel was coming in as a freshman that summer and he was, he was working out and the, the court was loaded. I mean, it was like me, Al Thornton. Um, I think Jason Rich was out there. Isaiah Swan, Salty was back. Bernard James was back. I mean, all these guys that have played there these, these past five, six years, um, we we're all coming back to work out. And then on the current team, I think it was like Jonathan Isaac Beasley, you know, like the, the court had legitimate pros on there. Mm-hmm. so this like wirely little freshman kid and i'd heard of it coach ham told me about him he's like the Kembe's nephew is going to be really good blah 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 I'm like all right let me see what this kid has so he comes out first thing he tells me like i just met the kid two minutes ago he's like i'm going to be better than jonathan isaac i'm like you're, <laughs> you're a complete yeah i'm like all right, all right buddy like good luck with that you're a complete idiot so he comes out he he picks and pops for like a couple of threes and, and just clanks them, you know, he's shooting like five feet behind the line and we're looking around like, Hey, Hey buddy, you, you might want to pass the ball to Al Thornton during the corner. He plays in the NBA. And he, he's looking at me. He's like, no, 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 this is what I do. And I was like, all right, that's fine. So after the game, I'm like, this kid, this kid's an idiot. There's no way he makes it. And I, I go to coach Ham and I'm like, I'm like, coach, the, the, the kid's not going to make it. Like he's delusional. <laughs> and Co- Coach Ham puts his arm around me. He's like, Laux, he's going to make it. I'm telling you, this kid's going to be really good. I'm like, all right. So sure sure enough, like I, I kept track of him, and, and Coach Jones been texting me, kid works really hard. Sure enough, you know, two years later, the kid's dominating. And I will never again doubt Coach Ham and his evaluation of players. <laughs> Holy cow. Like I did, not, I did not see this coming. I thought the kid would be out of there in six months. Wow. And but it just shows like that 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 confidence and that you know belief in yourself and obviously he put in a lot of hard work and um you know the the day to day of of improving and 
but but just that belief in himself as a freshman, like, no, no, no I'm, I'm as good as any guy out here right now. And it shows. It shows when he steps on the court. Um, so he he's probably been one of my one of my guys that I really enjoy watching. Um, him, Terrence Mann. Um, I love I love Trent Forrest. Trent Trent does all the little things. You know, locks up on defense. Um, and they got they got so many guys that are that are contributing right now. So mm-hmm. I know you guys are enjoy watching them just just like I am. So. It's like watching a Warriors game almost, maybe close to it. But there's a lot, there's a lot of fun time to watch. Definitely when the offense is moving like it did last night, like the offense did, it was, it was nice. What Florida State fans yeah. are, are trying not to talk too much about Kevin Gelly. They're not, they're trying to. It, yeah, we're not. We should probably cut that clip about Kevin Gelly. We don't need him going anywhere. Let's yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll blame Luke. I think <laughs> Coach AM's trying to hide him too because he's bringing him off the bench, yeah. right. keeping it under the radar. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a good move, though. It's it, it, it it's honestly kind of it's kind of a brilliant move. I've never talked to Coach Ham about you know why he decided to do that, but it's kind of a good move to to bring, if not just him, like a couple of your better players off the bench, because as soon as I was thinking about it last night when I was watching him play against Murray State, like as as soon as their subs come in, here comes two or three of your best players yeah. to go against their second unit. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. and I know I know it evens out throughout the course of the game, but it always kind of gives that second unit a a yeah. little bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's nice too because Florida State's doing so well on the basketball side of things. You know, football isn't doing so great, so it's nice to see uh, have some excitement for basketball going on. A nice distraction, right? Uh, and I want to I want to ask you what, what's one of your favorite memories uh, at, at Florida State? It can be on the field, off the field, in the library, cafeteria, wherever. What was like one of your favorite memories in Tallahassee? Yeah, I think we we touched we touched on a couple of them on the court. Um, you know, the ACC championship, that Duke game at Duke, the Carolina game at home. Uh, all of those obviously stick out. I think the the one thing that sticks out to me. And and I don't know how many of our guys remember this, but we got home from winning the ACC championship. And obviously at that time, our, our football team was pretty good. They were still kind of building up to their national championship after we left, but they were pretty good. And basketball, I mean, it wasn't irrelevant. Like fans started coming on more and more as, as we started to win more. Um, but, it, you know, we, we, we always play second fiddle to, to football and, and sometimes baseball too. They've done such a good job with the baseball team. So, um, but I remember landing after the, uh, the ACC championship and our bus pulled up to our practice facility. And I don't, I don't know how many, but it, it seemed like a lot. It was probably a couple hundred, maybe a thousand fans, but they were waiting for us to get off the bus. And then, you know, just kind of hung out with us, cheered. Obviously when we were getting off the bus, the band was there. Um, that moment always stuck out to me because it, 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 it kind of justified what we were doing. Like, man, we finally have consistent fans that literally will take time out of their night and wait for us to arrive just to cheer us on and say good job to us. Um, that's something that, that, that will always probably stick out in my mind. Just just because of the dynamic of, you know what I mean, you, you try to build, you try to build, you try to get fans to come support you guys. And then after four years of, of consistently working towards that, like just pulling that, that bus pulling up and the whole parking lot being crowded with people. And then we, we were all hanging out and I think some people ordered pizzas and we were just kind of hanging out there. 
um, for like an hour or two with these fans. Um, so wow. that always kind of sticks out in my mind. Like that was fun, man. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, I kind of get what you're saying because, um, like my dad is a season ticket holder and we go to pretty much all the home games and there was definitely some times where it seems like fans just don't show up no matter the, no matter, uh, you know, who's coming to town, unless it's like North Carolina or, or Duke or whatnot. But, you know, these days it's, it's definitely starting to become more consistent with, uh, with attendance yep. and the, the tucks selling out a lot. So mm-hmm. it's been cool to see the basketball program change over time. Yeah. And your team yeah. was really that's, kind that's, of the team that I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it, I mean, the past seven, or eight years, this program has really kind of transformed. Um, there are a lot of Florida state fans out there that, you know, really kind of write off the basketball team um, for so long. But your team, when y'all won the ACC championship and, and kind of shocked the world, I mean, really drew a lot of folks in. And it's been really cool to see this program, like, take leaps and bounds from where they were. Right, right. No, it, it did kind of – it kind of blossomed. And, and I think it, that's the Coach Hamilton's credit to coming up with a plan. And I, I know he went through some tough years and – kind of was on the hot seat a little bit, but, you know, he, he never stopped recruiting good dudes with, with high character. And, and obviously he likes a certain type of player that's athletic and can play defense, which absolutely was not me. I don't know how I ended up on this team. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I think, I think it's a credit thing. And he, he used to always tell us like, you, you guys can't complain about fans, not, not supporting you guys. You have to win. And I think that's what, has really helped this program and, and fans like fans don't want to come see teams grind it out and lose 46 to 42. It's just, it's not yeah. exciting. Like you have to win to put fans in the seat. And I, I think, you know, he and his staff have recruited the, t- the, the, the right type of kids. And, and obviously these past, you know, five, six years, they've been winning a lot, um, which helps, man. I mean, you, you win and, and fans come, that's just the way it is. So, uh, we lose Dustin. Where'd he go? We might have lost him. He's he's gonna lose his mind. Dude, yeah. my Wi-Fi went out or something. That sucked. <laughs> Great timing. Great timing. Comcast just is garbage. Yeah, they have their <laughs> moments, man. They do. Well, I, I was like, all right. Well, I was like, Dustin, you're up next for the next question. I was like, all right, let's get with it. <laughs> Yeah, Luke, so your career as a coach is really just beginning. Um, do you think you'd ever have interest one day and ever return to, to Florida State to coach there? Yeah, I, I do, man. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I probably haven't haven't really thought about it too much just because I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, what I'm doing right now in the NBA and, you know, learning from these guys and um, just, you know, enjoying coaching the NBA. But, you know, I, I think – it would always be fun to return, return back home. And I think the the college game is is still evolving and getting a lot better. So um, obviously, if if the door opened up to uh, to come back, I would I would you know consider it. And, um, so I've, I haven't really thought about it too much, but yeah, of course, man. I think anytime you can get back to the community where where you kind of started your your basketball career, it would be uh, it would be fun. So, all right, so the final two questions, and we'll get to some prediction times. Now, first, though, I need to hear uh, what your current bracket percentage yeah, yeah, yeah. is. I got lost. 
Oh, you're good. Can you hear me now? Uh, Hello. Yep. Hopefully, I didn't lose you. Can you hear us now? Yeah. yeah sorry. Got I, it. I didn't. I didn't pay my bills either, man. <laughs> I know you got on to Dustin. It came back and got you. Karma. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Uh, all right, so final two questions, but I, I need to ask something first. Uh, what's your current bracket percentage right now? Just, just if you made a bracket, I'm at going into the going into today. I was at ninety two point six, so I'm, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Um, I, I was the eighth. Us, Duke, Virginia, and Tennessee to be my final four, um, and I have us beating Tennessee in the final. So. Okay. I'm doing okay. I, I picked Kansas State to get to the Sweet 16, which hurt me, and I picked St. Mary's to get to the Sweet 16, which hurt me. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty well right now. Not too. Were you feeling nervous earlier today when Tennessee got taken overtime? Yes, I was freaking out, <laughs> man. I was I was losing it. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm home for the first time in like two weeks. I've been on the road with with both the minor league team and and the Dubs. So my wife kind of handed me my daughter's a little over a year, and she's like, "All right, you're on, you know, you're on dad duty. You haven't been around." So I was watching her, and I got so hooked on the game. My daughter's like climbing the stairs. I have no idea. My wife walks around the corner, like freaking out. Like you, know, you're you're watching her. She's halfway up the stairs. She's doing whatever she wants, and I'm like, "But you don't understand. It's going into overtime." <laughs> So yeah, yeah, man, that was a good game. That was a really good game. That would have that would have wrecked my bracket for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going along the same lines of talking about predictions, we got to ask it. Uh, can we get a score prediction for Florida State versus number one seed Gonzaga? Yeah, I think. Um, man, score prediction. I haven't really thought about the score. <laughs> We're playing pretty well offensively. I'm I'm thinking we're going to be in the low 80s, so I'll go uh, I'll go 81-74, Knowles. 81-74. Let's be let's speak it into existence, fellas. Love it. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll note too, and some that happened recently with Phil Kofer and his father. I think it's really cool and really nice to see that family uh, vibe that Coach Ham preaches on to see how close they are, like Terrence Mann. Uh, noted that he was watching film of Phil Kofer's dad uh, back when he played yeah. the Detroit line. Just how you know how close this team is. You know, we see with FSU softball, and they end up winning a national championship. You know, we saw in 2013 when Florida State won the national championship at Pasadena for football. But how big of yeah. being close as a family does with you know winning big games and moving on in tournaments. But uh, I I think Florida State uh, if they keep it this way and tight-knit family vibe and also Leonard Hamilton like you noted on him being you know he'll, he'll get hyped for a little bit but it's it's focused you know throughout tournament play I think they can go pretty deep as they already are on the way yep yep no mm-hmm. question man the the chemistry is so important especially uh you know with close games and and winner go home type games you have to have chemistry and you have to enjoy you know working with the guys you work with um and yeah I mean you know, obviously, con- condolences to to Phil and and prayers to his family. But I think it's it's been incredible to watch. You know, the community, not only with the team and, and the players and the coaches, but the community around the team, kind of surround this kid and and comfort him and in, in a in a in a tough time in his life. And um, you know, it's a, it's just incredible. And, and I think 
to, to, to your guys' point, just the fact that he's still with the team right now um, after his dad passed away just, just shows how, how much of a family-type atmosphere. Like, he didn't want to leave his family yet, you know what I mean, to, to go back and, and be with his, his true family. So, um, you know, I think it speaks volumes to, to what Coach Hamilton has built and, and uh, just the type of character guys he's, he's brought in. Um, so hopefully we can, uh, we can keep this thing going, you know, for Phil and his family and, and, and obviously for, for the team, uh, it'd be pretty cool to see. So, well, man, thanks so much. I think we ended on like 45 minute interview. I know I Instagram DM'd you saying a quick 15 <laughs> minute one, but it's all good, we were definitely looking forward to this one. I definitely, if there, if we move on in the tournament, we We'll most likely have to DM you again and get you back on here. Definitely, if we got to do a final yeah. four preview, yeah. that would be that would be nice. Yeah, that would be big, man. Give me give me a call. You can tell I, I enjoy talking to you. I don't care who it's with. If, if I wasn't on a podcast, I'd be talking to you a lot. It's nice to meet you guys. You guys are doing a good job with, with the website and all that. I enjoy I enjoy following you guys.